Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. of the reality is as always it's newer and um i'm here writing solo today um today's episode i am just gonna talk about atlanta because i haven't given atlanta its time because i don't know what's going on with atlanta um so i'm gonna talk about last week's episode as well as this week's because i feel like things are sort of tied together a little bit um as much as they could be i'm just very confused about some of the production choices, um, some of the editing choices on this season. I'm just not sure what Atlanta is doing. Um, I don't know. It feels like there's not quite a cohesive storyline. You know, in the beginning of the season, there was the whole thing with like Candy and um, the shootings and all that stuff and Marlo coming at her and then Marlo was coming at Drew for a little while and then – suddenly we go to mental health stuff, which great. Okay. I'm glad that we're talking about mental health. I think mental health is like super important. I will literally scream it from the rooftops that therapy saved my life. Uh, antidepressants saved my life, but 
I'm just not sure what the direction is of this season. And I get that they kind of maybe had to tailor it a little bit and change it up to make it more Drew-centered once they found out that Drew was getting a divorce. But even outside of that, it just feels so not together. It feels like a hodgepodge mixed together. And I don't know, man. Let's just get into it. Um, Oh, before we get into it, I just want to say that if you do nothing else this week, okay, besides listen to this episode, please listen to this. Um, Please go over to uh, Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker because she did an episode this week with Chelsea of Ono Chels, formerly Ono Bravo, uh, one half of I'm the Cute One, um, an absolute favorite on our podcast, an actual friend of in real life of mine. Um, They did an episode talking about mental health, Bravo, and social media presence. And I think that it was – it's. I think it's so important to listen to because I know folks who listen to my podcast believe in nuance and understanding and having empathy and all that stuff. I think if you listen to this episode, it's about an hour and a half and um, it's so, it's so helpful. I think not helpful. It's just so insightful. You know, we all know that people tend to get carried away. Um, you know, they talk a little bit about alliances, like people rooting for people on social media or rooting for housewives and getting so involved. I think those of us who have watched housewives since the beginning, since before social media, have a different relationship with these shows than maybe people who started watching housewives during the pandemic or started watching housewives when housewives had more of a um, social media presence and especially reality TV stars had more of a social media presence, right? I think that there's a different experience that people have. But even those of us who have been watching since the beginning tend to get kind of sucked into the standing, the alliances, the um, picking favorites. You know, we always say in the podcast, like, never pick a favorite. We call them problematic favorites for a reason because we know that they're going to do problematic stuff. Like, I think that it's such a good episode that I, I really, really, really encourage everybody to go listen to it. It's Is This Real Life uh, with Mandy Slutzer. And go ahead and subscribe to it. And you know what? While you're in there, subscribe to I Am The Cute One. And while you're in there, re- re- leave them both. Leave them both. Five-star reviews. Um, and also, could you leave me one too? Thank you. Okay, let's talk about Atlanta. So between last week and this week, we had a couple of things happen. We had the health retreat that Drew did for her sister. Um, I think the health retreat was interesting because it was like the whole purpose of it was to say, here's all the things that Allison, Drew's sister, wished that she could have done to avoid getting, um, you know, uh, having an episode to the point where she needed to be hospitalized. I'm going to share something really vulnerable right now. A couple of years ago, I was in a really bad spiral. I was in a really bad depression spiral, and my depression has suicidal idea. And sorry, trigger warning, trigger warning. We're going to talk about a little bit about suicide. Um, I have suicidal depression. Um, and when my depression gets really, really, really bad, I begin to have suicidal ideations. I have tools that I've learned from my therapist. Um of how to avoid that. And I've had this my entire life since as long as I can remember. But a couple of years ago, I was in a bad one. It was a really, really bad one. Um, I called my ther- I texted my therapist right away. And the first thing she asked me was, do you feel like you can be in the place that you're in and not harm yourself? Right. Um, 
And I said, I think I can. And then she called me and she said, okay, I'm going to ask you on the phone because text isn't as clear, but are you feeling safe enough where you feel like you can be here or would you like to be in a hospital setting, right? And the reason why they do that is because the first the any any sign that you have that they're as a therapist, I think, and this is just my assumption of being in therapy and working with my therapist, is if, if they feel that the person is going to harm harm themselves or another person, the therapist has to report that, right? And I think when we talk about harming ourselves, um, you know, I I have to think about that. Uh, you know, can I be here? Can I trust myself? Can I be safe to myself? Do I feel like I am in a safe enough environment where I'm not going to harm myself? It's a really difficult thing to go through. It's a really difficult thing to contemplate. It's a really difficult thing to be asked and have to decide for yourself. So while I think that it's really, it must have been absolutely awful for Allison to go through that, um, I think that there is, you know, she came out of it in a really good place she came out of it, a, you know, having a better understanding of what she needed to do for herself. And I think my point in saying this is that going to the hospital and being um, admitting yourself into a hospital or being, I don't know, they don't, call, they don't call it committed anymore, but, you know, going to a hospital and getting treated when you don't feel safe to, to take care of yourself is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, of course, we want to avoid that as much as possible and be able to take care of ourselves and feel safe. But if you feel unsafe and you need to be in a place where you might need special attention and care, it's okay to do that. Um, and I don't know, I guess I just wanted to share that because I think people um, often vilify and they kind of stigmatize um, mental health care, and especially if you need psychiatric mental health care. But I think that there is, I mean, the folks who, the folks who uh, actually do the work to make you better when you are in a spiral are fucking angels, you know? And I think that, um, like I said, it's stigmatized to be like, oh, they had to be admitted because they couldn't take care of themselves. Okay. I mean, if I broke my leg and I needed if I broke my leg and I needed surgery right away, I wouldn't be like, mm, it's fine. I think I'll figure it out at home. No, when you have a manic episode or if you have a panic attack or you are having really um, harmful depression where you think that you might harm yourself, it's okay to go to the hospital and get care for that. Um, so anyway, that's that. Uh, but this this mental health retreat was interesting. Um, they, it, I think to me it felt just like a, a vendor presentation, right? Of like, here's all the vendors that Drew got to present their stuff, including Drop It With Drew, which is definitely, I feel like, an MLM. Like, I don't think that Drew actually does any of it. Um, allegedly, the website was down. I tried to find it again. It's still, it's like the worst. It, It's like the least effort thing that Drew has ever done. Um, and I actually think Drew has some has put effort into things and is talented in some ways, but drop it with Drew is not one of them. Um, they do an exercise, they do meditation and then they eat and they have some non-alcoholic, um, you know, soothing beverages. And it just is so funny to me because it just felt like it was like a couple of hours, you know, and it's like, here's a mental health retreat. Like typically when you do a mental health retreat, it's not that like I mean I say the same thing about the Portugal trip 
that wasn't really a mental health trip. It was just a trip that Bravo paid for where you did other stuff. You know, it just, it just like, again, I don't know what Atlanta is trying to push, but it's very confusing, especially because Drew is like mental health, mental health, mental health, but she's not even going to her therapist regularly. She says that Ralph stopped going completely, but I don't think she's going to her therapist regularly. It doesn't seem like she is. Um, Also last week, Kenya dabbled with this idea that she might want to have another baby through a surrogate. Um, Here's the thing about Kenya Moore, um, and I think this is true for any woman who wants to have any babies. If Kenya has a baby with Mark Daly again, right, like if this this man is tied to this baby, um, is her life going to be difficult? Yes. But nobody besides Kenya Moore gets to make that decision about those embryos. Nobody except Kenya Moore gets to decide who she has a baby with. Not nobody gets to have an opinion on that. We have it. I guess we have opinions on it, but like it's up to her. So if Kenya wants to have a baby with this terrible man, let her have a baby with this terrible man. Okay. It's it's her body, it's her choice. And yes, even though it's a surrogate, it's still part of her body. Those are still her eggs, and those are still her babies. And she really wants to do that for her family. So she should do that. Um there was a scene where Kenya, Candy, and uh, Shamia met, and they're talking about the surrogate stuff there, but that's where Kenya shared that at Sheree's birthday dinner with Marlo and Sonia, and later on you find out that there were a couple more people there, like Courtney was there and um, some other woman was there, but they talk about how Sheree didn't pay, like Martel didn't pay for the dinner. It was a bunch of couples and Martel didn't offer to pay. And in fact, he paid and then he asked everybody to cash up him. And if you have been following this podcast for a little while, you know that I have talked about a similar experience in my real life, but I will talk about it briefly. I think maybe I mentioned on the Patreon, so I'll mention it briefly here. But I also had a similar situation happen where uh, a bunch of us went out for a friend's birthday a couple of years ago. And the dinner was supposed to be organized by the birthday person's spouse. And at the end of the night, not only did we all have to put in our cards, but the person who organized it, the spouse did not put in their card. So we ended up actually treating not just the birthday person, but also their spouse, which I found very strange because it's like when I'm invited to a birthday, here's the thing. When I go out to a birthday with my friends and it's just our friends, it's not couples, I expect to put my card in and pay for the birthday person's meal. That's like a common thing, right? But if I'm being invited by a person's partner or spouse, the assumption there is that this is a dinner that you're being invited to. And here's the thing. My husband has invited people to uh, birthday brunches. And if it's like a couple of us, he's paid for the bill. I'm not saying that's something that everybody needs to do. Obviously, your financial situation is what it is. But these people on reality TV and Miss Sheree and Martel talking about like big money and all this stuff, like this is that is embarrassing. If I got asked to cash out, I mean, I did. If I got asked to cash out my friends by my friend's partner, I would be like, I, I, I'm not, I'm just not. I think that that is so tacky. So, and that's happened to me actually more than once. <laughs> I just think it's so strange. I do. I think it's really, and maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but 
for my group of friends, that is how we roll. And it sounds to me like on Real Housewives of Atlanta, that is the understanding is that if you invite couples out um, and whoever is inviting the the group, you have to pay for that. And um, I don't know. I wonder what Cynthia had to say. I was confused because like Cynthia was also there. And later on when they're talking about this at the health retreat, Cynthia doesn't really say anything about it. I don't know. It was very confusing. Um, not confusing, but it was, again, this is an issue that I'm having with Atlanta this season where things are being said and and things are being done and presented in a way where I'm like, I'm not piecing together what's going on. It just feels so scattered. Like I can't keep track. Um, what else happened last week? Oh, last week we also found out that allegedly Drew is saying that the lawsuit against the nanny went from a 1K lawsuit to a 10K lawsuit, but the documents show otherwise, blah, 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 all this stuff. We also had the scene with Drew and Ralph at uh, the date night, and it was awful, and it was terrible. And then later on, she had therapy, and she has said that after that date night, he left their bedroom and they're not talking. And essentially, I think that what happened here is a couple of things. One, I think Drew is putting together, she's focusing on doing events with her sister, Allison. Ralph is not involved in that. The other thing is that he made that thing. He said that thing about a date night about like, oh, I want to be Barack and Obama. And Drew laughed at him. So immediately he got defensive and he does not he's like immediately going to disrespect her. He's immediately going to be like, you made me look stupid. I think Ralph is such a small man um, and nothing against his short stature. I'm married to a short king myself. Okay. But Ralph is such an emotionally and like um, egotistically small man that he is, he is, he is embarrassed. And when he's embarrassed, rather than accepting that he himself embarrassed himself, he's going to be upset about and take it out on Drew, right, about his wife. Um, like she laughed at the Barack and Obama thing. And I think that that really set him off. That also that thing happened where she walked in and he she walked in and I don't think she meant to ice him out. I think she looked at him and said, hi, Ross. And then she turned to look at him and he had already skipped and made a point to embarrass her. It's awful. They're awful, but let's carry on to what happened in the following episode, which is this Sunday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, again, we're talking about the hodgepodgeness of this season. You know, it doesn't quite make sense to me what's going on. But like, you know, we have these different things happening. Cynthia is back, but we're barely getting any Cynthia Bailey time, which I think is so strange. It's a very quick Cynthia got divorced. That's it. I feel like through when the show was being presented, it was um, and the filming was being done. I thought we were going to get more Cynthia divorce stuff, but we didn't get any of it. Um, you know, we but instead we get a lot of like Marlo stuff. Like we got Marlo in therapy, and then Marlo also doing her foster care event and all that stuff. And I want to bring this up because Kenya did an episode with uh, Carlos King. She was on Carlos King's podcast again. I can't listen to that man. He shouts too much. But I did watch clips online, and there's a clip where she's talking about how 
she's very confused about what's going on with production because Kenya apparently this season opened up a whole salon. Uh, Cynthia was on. She talked about Cynthia's divorce, all this stuff. She had whole cast events and they completely cut her out of the season. And I don't know what is going on there. I don't know who Kenya pissed off in production. Now, here's the thing. You know, I love Kenya more. I'm a team twirl forever and ever. I'm not saying that Courtney is a reliable narrator of anything, okay? But Courtney said, I think on some podcast or somewhere online, she said that Kenya, the reason why she was talking about Kenya and karma and all that stuff is not just Kenya being mean to her, but that Kenya is really mean to production. Now, do I think that that could be the reason why Kenya has been cut out? Maybe. I mean, that could be it. But like... Edit, edit, editing wise and producing a show wise, I don't know why we're not getting any like Kenya feels like a side character because then people are going to go and say like, oh, Kenya's checked out and Candy's checked out and they're never around all this stuff, but they're having events and they're doing things and they're showing up at shooting and you guys are just choosing not to show that on the show to kind of further the narrative that these women are checked out when they're not checked out. And I just, I, I I wish that it feels to me like maybe production is putting their feelings above uh, their uh, alliances and their feelings about these women above the actual quality and content of the show. Like, we know that Ramona Singer is probably an absolute monster. We know that she's a bad person. But Roni still, the Houses of New York still showed all their shit, right? Like they didn't cut people out even though they were terrible people or they probably didn't get along with people. Do I think that was a problem at times? Of course, the whole New York got rebooted because of it. But I feel like we have to set aside our, like as, as, a, as creators of a show, they have to set aside their own personal vendettas or feelings against the talent and actually put together a show that makes sense. Um, because this show is not making sense. None of this, like make it make sense for me because none of it is making any sense. But anyway, this episode, we had a lot of, um, we had two, two basically main things happening, right? We had shooting of the past, which is apparently a film that Todd intends on filming in like a very short period of time. And he says that the reason why he can film it in a really short period of time is and make this movie is because Drew is a fucking actress, okay? She can really act her pants off. She's really, really good at it. And I believe it, okay? Drew has, I've really come around on Drew. I think she's such a perfect housewife. I think she's doing so good on the show. She can't keep up her lies. It's perfect. Um, but we have the past and we also have the sip and see. Um, but before all that, we do get a scene where um, Sonia goes to Dr. Jackie for a pregnancy checkup and Dr. Jackie does call Sonia a geriatric pregnancy. And I know people have a lot of issue with that because Dr. Jackie has, um, <laughs> has, has uh, historically been a little bit, uh, she's been a fat shamer. She's been a body shamer. She's an ageist. She's said a lot of really terrible things, but let me tell you something. That is the term that is used. Do I love it? No, I don't. If I was to get pregnant right now, a week short of turning 38, I would still be considered a geriatric pregnancy. Anything over 35 is considered a geriatric pregnancy. I know the other term is advanced maternal age, all those things, but it is called a geriatric pregnancy. It is what it is, okay? Doctors call it what they call it. I'm sorry. It hurts. 
but it's old. We're not, we're considered old. It's a high risk pregnancy. It is what it is. Anyway, um, Sonia says that she hopes that Ducey has a relationship with the baby that she has with her sister, which tells me that she hopes that Deuce has a free assistant at some point in his life. Um, she tells her son, and people had a lot of issue with this online. And people had a lot of it, you know, she even talked about it. People might think it's too early for me to tell Deuce and all this stuff. Um, here's the thing. Um, again, it's her body, it's her baby, and it's her son, and it's her choice. We don't get to decide anything about how women navigate the experiences that they're having within their own body. If she wants to share that with her son because it's important to her, that's great. Like, I, you know, in the next episode, it looks like she maybe suffered a loss of the pregnancy. But if that is the case and she wants to share that experience with her son, yes, it's going to be hard for him and it's it's difficult. But that's her family. That's not traumatizing to her son. That's not traumatizing to a child. It's hard, yes. There might be some trauma, but you you can love on your kids. And it's a great learning lesson for little kids, for kids to experience hardship and be showered with love by their parents, right? Like my kids have seen some hard shit. My, ki- my kid has experienced some hard shit. But the only thing he's ever taken away from his trauma is that his parents have always been around. They've always protected him. They've always loved him and actually helped him how to be resilient, right? That's life, baby. Like, but Sonia choosing to tell her son that she's pregnant is Sonia's business and everybody needs to shut the fuck up about it. Um, Now, this movie, The Pass. Drew, Manana, and Candy. I got to say that all that stuff, they're professionals, okay? Even Candy talking about like how there's going to be an intimacy coach and you can learn how to do stuff. And, you know, Todd is giving um, Drew tips on how to fake an orgasm. I got to say, I don't think that Drew, this is Drew's first time faking an orgasm. Doesn't Ralph give you guys the energy of a man who like really thinks that he knows what he's doing down there, like really gets in there and like, really thinks that he knows how to pleasure a woman. And like, (laughs) I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Ralph does not feel like a person who has um, seen a lot of real orgasms in his life from women. Um, Yeah. So I, it's so in that, with that being said, Drew already had some experience. Now she does say that she's never experienced faking intimacy with a woman. It's different, all this stuff. But um, she's killing it. She looks like she's doing a great job. Um, You know, a a a fake orgasm with a woman and a fake orgasm with a man, maybe slightly different because I feel like a woman knows when a woman is fakely being a fake orgasmer. Men are checked out and probably are like, okay, this is what I've seen in porn. So I guess this is it. And like, don't think twice because they just, Ralph especially seems like somebody who would just want his ego boosted from the fake, the fakeness of the orgasm. But um, Drew's killing it. She looks like she's having a, a, a great time. Um, Ralph at some point visits her on set and she says he's being extra Ralph about, um, Drew playing lesbian. This is a little side note. So, um, the friend of the podcast that I mentioned earlier, Chelsea, and of course, Donnie, um, they have, I'm the cute one. I'm the cute one. Typically the podcast covers nostalgia movies, but they have, 
taken a break from that to support the um, SAG-AFTRA and writer strike, and they are now covering classic books. And one of the books they covered, uh, I think last week, was Forever by Judy Bloom. And so when Drew says that Ralph is being extra Ralph, I could not stop laughing because in Forever uh, by Judy Bloom, I don't know if you've, I actually didn't read the book. I just listened to their episode, which you should do because it's so funny. Um, they say that one of the teenagers calls their penis a Ralph. And now I I only and it like makes sense, right? Ralph being extra Ralph about Drew playing a lesbian feels like something that would happen in Forever by Judy Blue. Anyway, sorry, side note. Also go listen to the episode. Um, but like Drew basically is turned off by this man. She's not interested in him. She doesn't think that he's he's cool, um, cool, sexy, whatever. What is it that New York says about, uh, was it on Big Brother? I don't know what show. Yeah, I think it was on Big Brother about Gemma. About <laughs> That's how I feel um, Drew thinks about Ralph. He's not fly. He is not hot. He is not sexy or beautiful. He is nothing of the sort. I feel that is what uh, Drew thinks about Ralph. But anyway, um, Ralph uh, is uh, gross and he's weird and he's just be giving me a big time ick, big time ick. Um, they have this sip and see, which is interesting. I mean, I want to know who's paying for it, but I am excited next season to see Lance, the party planner on complaining about how Sheree doesn't pay the bills because that looked like an expensive event. And I do wonder who paid for it. I don't think anybody paid for it. I think she tried to say, oh, it's paid for because you got you know, all of your, um, you got free, free advertisement on a television show, a nationally televised television show. Um, Sheree says that this is her glam baby sip and see, and she wants to make a shrine for Mecca. A shrine for Mecca. I love the play on words, and I don't think that Sheree knows that she's doing a play on words. Anyway, the sip and see is interesting. Um, fanciest event I have ever seen, although, the Long Island South Asian scene, and this is such a niche thing that like four people who listen to this podcast would know about. I've seen half birthdays that look like this. I've seen recently somebody did a sip and see where there was valet parking and um, and they did all kinds of stuff like this. So while this is extra, unfortunately, I know people in real life who have done stuff like this. Um, anyway, the sip and see is a lot. Uh, one of the things that happens there is that um, there is Anthony, the thirsty assistant from last season, is on here. And we find out that he threw a shoe like Lindsay Hubbard did to a Bravo staff member at BravoCon, threw a shoe at Drew at the club. That sounds like something out of Clue. <laughs> the attack was... Um, in the club, the weapon was a shoe. The victim was Drew. The attacker was <laughs> Anthony. What I think is strange is, okay, so Sheree says that Anthony was the matchmaker of her and Martel's. Like she's, he's the one that set them up, which is like, oof. but didn't this man come on TV last season and say that he didn't pay, she didn't pay him? And then like at the reunion, she tried to call him and he tried to have a moment and Andy was like, please hang up the phone. It was just so strange. But Candy does confront Anthony, and Anthony uses the moment to call Drew uh, a wide-bodied, which is fucked up. Um, 
you know, he throws some misogyny around, but he says something about he oh, she owes Ralph an apology and her and her she owes Ralph an apology and she also owes him some money. So here's my brain started going. Last season, you'll remember that the storyline was that Anthony Drew had heard from Anthony that Sheree had said to Anthony that Ralph was gay. And this is a storyline that Drew had brought up or somebody had brought up. I don't know. It was very strange. But now she's saying, now Anthony is saying that Drew owes her husband an apology. So does that mean that Drew was behind that whole thing? Like, did she make it up? Who made it up? What was it? Like, it just, it, I don't know. It just, it it leads to some collusion for me. It feels like there was some um, colluding going on. It feels like maybe there was some background um uh, fishy business, you know, something wasn't, uh, wasn't all clean. It feels like there's some sort of like lines crossed and people like a double cross, like she was going to use Anthony to cross charade, but then Anthony teamed up with charade to double cross drew. And then as a result, drew actually double crossed her husband, you know, one of those. Um, but either way, very confusing. And, uh, drew refuses to come in and, um, Candy says, I'm going to support the woman. I'm going to support the woman and not the dude who is doing the most. Um, but then later on, on the internet, I saw that Drew did come into the party. She took a party with everyone. Or party. She took a picture with everyone. And Lisa Wu was there too. What's going on? Why didn't you show us that? What is going on? Uh, what is this random ass stuff? Now, are we seeing that clip? Because this is going to be one of the things that Ralph cites when he says that you know, when, when they talk about the divorce and everything, is he going to say that Drew used him for storylines and all that stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I was just annoyed watching this episode because I wasn't sure if this was like a finale party. It was really random. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They're the most, one of the most toxic problematic men on television, Bob Whitfield on this network came. Martel also comes. And now I hear Martel is the most toxic man on uh, OWN. Is that where um, Love and Hip or like Love and Huntsville or is it TLC? I don't know. Whatever that network is, Martel is the bad guy from there. Anyway, um, we find out that there's a woman there uh, during a family picture. And it turns out that it's Bob Whitfield's child that Sheree didn't know about um, and her kids know about her, but Sheree doesn't know about her. And it's so confusing, but um, it's also one of those things where I'm like, huh, okay, thanks, I guess. Thanks for this like little blip of something that happened here, I guess. Uh, I was sleepy. I was sleepy like baby Mecca. I wanted to be rolled out, put to bed, and covered in flowers. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Then you get uh, Martell and Kenya talked for a little bit, and I was just like, I don't give a fuck. It really felt to me like a finale party, did it not? But then later on, um, we get this thing about like this. I think next week at the finale, it's going to be the pass um, is going to, they're going to do the premiere party for it or the rap party for it. And then it's like a month later, cameras come back up and Drew and the lesbian. This has got to be one of the weirdest seasons of Real Houses of Atlanta. It just feels so poorly put together. 
It just feels very confusing. It feels very disjointed. It feels like we're on two completely different, like not even two, we're like watching four different shows and it's just like mashed together. None of it makes any sense to me. Um, You know, Marlo had a foster care event and Courtney and Sonia and Sheree went to that. It just feels like very different teams. And to me, that is not interesting. To me, that is not fun. It just, to me, it feels deeply, deeply disjointed and bizarre. Yeah. So I would love for them to try to make it more sense, make it make more sense for me, but it's not happening yet. We'll see what happens next week. Um, I will be back actually just tomorrow. We're going to release an episode for Rehearsals of New York um, with Arthi as usual. I have some pop culture updates with my brother, Raheel also coming, and um, I'll figure out what I want to do about OC. I do miss OC. I miss those those kooky girls. I want to give you an update. I'm not going to be probably releasing new content next week. I'll do a couple of re-releases, but it's my birthday week and I'm taking the week off. Also, I'm traveling with my family for a wedding in Texas where I will be melting my face off. But um, I'll be releasing some old Vanderpump Rules stuff. Um, Maybe I'll talk to my brother a little bit this week about Bethany's stupid ass interview with Rachel. Uh, But let's, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you next time.